Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Here with your host, Nick Muniz. Here with the Nickers for another one. This is a goodie. Future Memories by PMH Atwater. I'm going to sound like the biggest non-materialist woo-woo hippie chick you've ever heard today. But like, man, what about near-death experiences? Holy crap! We're talking telekinesis, precognition today. I firmly believe it's the science of the future. Future memories? It's going to sound crazy. I don't really care. I'm the kid who reads ahead when the teacher tells you not to. It makes tomorrow's lesson even easier. If you read ahead in science, now you're in the territory of pseudoscience. That's where the fun is. According to PMH Atwater, one of the foremost investigators into near-death experiences, future memory allows people to live life in advance and remember the experience in detail when something triggers that memory. So that's a benefit to the knicker. You're going to learn something today. All of these books help you live a better life, and I'm going to cut her hippie bullshit to a minimum. Atwater explains the unifying and permanent effect of the experience as a brain shift, which she believes may be at the very core of existence. Shut up, bitch. Show us how it works. So some like foreknowledge for this book is probably some Dean Radin. Nobody likes homework. Entangled minds, we are all part of the same unifying field. Man, it sounds retarded. She says, without memory, there is no culture. Without memory, there would be no civilizations, no society, no future. So we're getting into metacognition, the eighth circuit of Dean Radin's model. If you don't want to read Dean Radin, just go watch Divergent. Tyrese Woodley, she's hot. It's two hours and it summarizes this book. If you don't have memories, you're nothing. Half your personality is your memories and then your characteristics, your personality. So if you don't have a memory, you're so easily manipulated. When bigger institutions manipulate our collective memory, aka history, We're just living a giant fucking lie, people. As Orwell said it, he who controls the past controls the future. Everybody's saying the same shit, but today we're talking about telekinesis. Bruh. Enough of these college kids hugging Joseph Stalin. Read a history book. Another one. Che Guevara was so cool. Look at my t-shirt. He starved people. Y'all ain't reading out there. (laughs) There's so much more to learn today than just me making fun of communism. Watch Divergent. It kicks ass. Couple more quotes from the trippy hippie. Did you realize that 90 to 99% of what goes on in the universe is either infra or ultra, below or beyond our faculties of perception? Because of this, at any given moment, we are only aware of a small fraction of what is happening within or around us. It sounds so douchey. Overbaked. It's true. Consciousness has quantum field properties. Because of that, at the most primal level, we are all connected. We are part of living and respond to the same vibrational field. I'm going to drop some dank studies on your head today. One more quote. Thoughts are just as real as words. Except for Chinese thoughts. We'll be right back. About the author, PMH Atwater. Harry shit on Instagram. Get some funny memes over there every single night for free. Very good stuff. Patreon.com slash the niche, a dollar and beyond. Go check out my book. 
We'll definitely dip into like Mandela's today. My book is all about that shit. So if you like it, check it out. Quote, Shortly, it became evident that the concepts of space and time were hopelessly unmanageable without relating both to one another. So this is PMH Atwater. She's talking about her grand theory. I don't give a fuck where she was born. This is what she thinks. So early in the 1900s, a new breed of philosophers, the scientists, coalesced these concepts into a bafflingly manifold notion called space-time. For the first time, sophisticated equations could not be validated without the recognition of God. The new science appeared to offer an equation for everything, but do they really? So where does all this leave us? The answer is simple enough. As we have seen, hierarchies are part of nature. We cannot fight anything that is natural. Nonetheless, the fact that you have evolved to a height at which you become consciously aware of this implies equivocally that you have successfully escalated the higher ranks of awareness. Bitch, you don't need to pander to the reader. Another one. You know what? You're so smart for reading this book. You're a dumb bitch author, all right? <laughs> I mean, she called out science at the front. I'm including this because we read Arthur Miller, Death of a Salesman last week. That dude wrote scathing reviews of Einstein's theory of everything. Einstein failed a debate in 1920 so hard that he moved back to Austria. Like, a lot of these authors did not like. <laughs> all I'm saying is that authors are more powerful than scientists. A lot of people will call this pseudoscience today. I'm just telling you it's the science of the future. And there's going to be people who don't understand that quote and then blame me. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> what the fuck? Einstein, you're a fraud. I once had a near-death experience and saw heaven. There were people screaming and there was fire everywhere. <laughs> How did Minnie save Mickey after a near-drowning experience? Mouse-to-mouse -mouse resuscitation. <laughs> Be right back with the show. PMH Atwater, Future Memory, Chapter 1, Terminology. My lips are so dry, there might be excess mouth noises today. It's because I'm sunburned. I look like a lobster. Quote, Journey with me through the universe of the mind into deeper realms of internal and external environments where states of consciousness play out like overleafs upon the backdrop of personality and place. Who we think we are, where we live. Few ever question these deeper realms, much less bother to investigate them. We do, and that's what this book is about. Let's go. So this bitch goes deep. She's letting you know on the first paragraph. Quote, the ancient Hindu parable of the five blind men and the elephant best defines the territory we are about to tackle, the span that exists between perception and truth, between what seems real and what isn't. What are you doing, the twilight zone? Between the summit of man's knowledge and the pit of man's fear. That five blind men parable, it's pretty pertinent today. The Hindus would describe life with it. Alright, so all of us are in a dark room. We're all blind. Nobody could see. And there's a massive elephant. So only some people are brave enough to go up and touch the elephant. But still, at a given time, you're only able to touch a certain part of the elephant. And so then people start to converse with one another. What part are you touching? What is that over there? And the whole parable of the story is that no one can see the elephant, but those who are brave enough to touch it get better sensory data. It's all about the input, baby. This is probably going to label on the side of conspiracy today, so just think about it in those terms. Like, you listen to five different conspiracy podcasts, they all specialize in something different. Like, I make the joke, I got my PhD in Jeffrey Epstein. 
Uh. Whitney Webb beat me to it. My main thesis moving forward is what happens after death. That's why I'm getting into all this metaphysical bullshit. Should we go into the light or not? That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> and again, you could trip yourself up over that and whatever, but I'm serious. Like Nobody's ever going to understand the entire questions about everything. To begin our journey, we will explore shifts in the awareness of reality, among them the future memory, a peculiar phenomena that changes our understanding of sequence, like the old riddle, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? We will question the necessity of one event to always follow the heels of another. See how we're just picking up with the Kantianism? Maybe 2 plus 2 is actually 69. <laughs> so I'm saying it's impossible to explain, but the mainstream is perverting all of this non-materialism. They put a feminist on Fox News, and they have her going, it's racist that 2 plus 2 equals 5. So, like, there's a way to approach these ideas more maturely, but <laughs> they're trapping you in a materialist hell the way they're framing these arguments. So, does one thing really have to come first? I do believe so. You gotta get more divergent if you want to have a fun thought, though. <laughs> A better way to put that chicken or the egg bullshit? A smart empire isn't going to give the people the education they need to overthrow it. As we embark upon this journey of a lifetime, see, it's all still foreplay. I'll start making sense. Consider first the following observations summarized from various studies conducted over the years of early childhood development. Children pre-live the future on a regular basis. By the age of four, the average youngster spends more time in the future than in the present. The temporal lobes of the brain developing during this period, enabling the child to project ahead and rehearse in advance whatever might someday be expected of him. Children play with futuristic possibilities and potential outcomes as a way of getting ready. A child's preoccupation with the future is healthy. It's a natural component of growth. And if an adult does it, you're considered doing delusions of grandeur. Just listen, okay? Adults find a way to do this and sound sane. Actually, I do transcendental meditation. Your favorite comedian turned into a fucking guru. Jerry Seinfeld's all in that transcendental bullshit. It's just about projecting forward. And not the way girls do it. Oh my god, did I forget to turn the stove off? Oh my god, what is the thermostat set at? It's not worrying about bullshit, but actually living a future scenario that you want to be in. Start dr daydreaming about sex again. We can't be pushing down the shadow all the time, man. Like in Einstein's time, if you didn't agree with even the history books, they tossed you in a psych ward. <laughs> I think they're going to start doing that again. All these abandoned psych hospitals that we're allowed to explore, they're going to open them back up. Quote, what if the adult ability to prelive the future is actually a reliable signal that temporal lobes are expanding? Like, you only start to die when you stop growing. Use it or lose it. It is known that people who experience major spiritual transformations become more childlike afterward, in the sense that they often glow with a newfound innocence plus a desire to relearn and redefine life. So once you know everything and you know society, you're done. You're just in the state of decay. Keep on imagining and learning. This whole mid-chapter... She's again going deep on terminology, imagination versus imaginal. The difference between these two is important for us to know. You'll live without it. 
Imagination is intentional fabrication where we make it up from our own mind, feelings, and preferences. Imaginal is what is presented to us, intact form and within a world that is real as we see, touch, hear, and smell. Imaginal realms exist beyond the three-dimensional world, where things are real in the sense that they are no longer being imagined in. It's just like one is in your head, and then one is the collective imagination. It's just why you gotta keep re-examining your own shit, time after time, even if it sounds like a good idea, and even if it sounds bad. Quote, According to tradition, walking, running, or dancing one's way through the labyrinth invokes a sense of healing and balance in the participant order out of chaos. That's because a labyrinth is designed to stimulate the expansion of a higher form of consciousness. A typical maze is meant to confuse, but a labyrinth with spirals that limits the convolutions of the brain leads one into the depths of soul, arousing a gut response to the mysteries of creation, of birth, life, death, rebirth. You're turned inside out, and the memory of the memory of who you really are is awakened. And, like, let's go big with it. Maybe that's what life is, a labyrinth to help you to awaken to parts of yourself. Fucking 10,000 conspiracies that teaches you symbolism. You've learned this. The labyrinth, just watch the show Westworld. It's all about the labyrinth. People are always trying to get to the center. There is no center. You find out about yourself along the way, and then you walk the fuck out of the maze. Bro, it's not just me and some old hippie lady. This is one of the biggest symbols of history. But no, you're crazy. Quote, To quote Reverend Dr. Lauren Artress, author of the charming book Walking a Sacred Path, Walking the labyrinth clears the mind and gives insight into the spiritual journey. So like the news is telling you, don't do your own research. It's dangerous. You have to go through the fucking labyrinth. Read my book. It urges action. It calms people in the throes of transition. They realize that they are not human beings on a spiritual path, but spiritual beings on a human path. Chapter 2. Reality Shifts. This place is pretty shifty. Kind of shitty, too. <laughs> gonna start her out with a Mandela effect. But first, you gotta understand reality, bro. Stop thinking with your brain. Start feeling with your heart. The heart is the center for everything. Just what that means is if you're not able to observe something, it's more fluid. So the further it is away from your five senses, the faker it is. Fruit of the looms? Or was it F-R-O-O-T of the looms? It doesn't matter. Don't get fucked up with the details. Things like that change in our world. Yeah, we're crossing the lines of deep reality research here, but you could write it off one time. There are millions of these Mandela effects. It's the elephant thing. I'm not touching that part of the elephant. I don't really give a fuck, but Mandela effects are the trunk of the elephant. It's a penis on the face of reality. Once you start studying that shit, <laughs> you'll understand metaphysics a little more. Quote, Perception determines truth. We invert our own reality this way by not questioning perception, ours or anyone else's, and by accepting what appears to real as real. So what I'm saying, when you get to that point in your life where you're like, I, I know everything, keep questioning. History is filled with stories of people who, in slipping between the cracks of their own consciousness, thus altering how they perceive the world and around them, uncover different ways to experience reality. What they accomplished in doing this made an impact on society. Here are some examples of what I mean. I pulled the story about Xerox. 
Chester F. Carlston, inventor of the Xerox duplication process and founder of the Xerox Corporation, was a devotee of a certain trance medium who channeled spirit beings from the other side. While attending a series of sessions with the woman, he eventually received the photocopy process from the spirit beings that he contacted. After experimenting with the techniques and making a few adjustments, Xerox was born along with the multi-billion dollar company. Telling you, bro, millionaires read the market, billionaires read the stars. All this shit is real. Open your fucking mind. Like, it was thought to be impossible. Nobody could make a carbon copy of something. Chester motherfucking Chesterson said, Yes, I'm going to do it, and he made it possible. He changed reality. Quote George Washington Carver took the peanut. Until then, he used as hog food and the exotic and neglected sweet potato and turned them into hundreds of products. You gotta watch the American Dad Illuminati episode. They're making fun of conspiracy, but George Washington Carver did not invent the peanut. We're moving on to the next. <laughs> Thomas Edison unsuccessfully tried to hire Carver, confiding to his associate, Carver is worth a fortune. Henry Ford also tried and failed to hire him, calling Carver the greatest living scientist. When Carver's plans were fulfilled and his dreams translated into reality, he refused to take out any patents, believing that all inventions and discoveries belong to mankind, not just one man. The result is that much of what he learned is lost in the annals of history. How did George Washington Carver communicate with God during the wee hours of the morning? He said it himself, through the assistance of angels and fairies. And he is not the only one to make such a claim. Shit. Paul McCartney wrote Let It Be in His Dreams or whatever the fuck. I know it's a John Lennon song, but people are receiving messages. Documented cases of native runners, especially those in North and South America, illustrate this. The Spanish, for instance, once recorded native runners who could cover in excess of 150 miles per day. What the fuck? <laughs> that doesn't even sound possible. Making the trip from Lima, Peru to Cuzco in three days. It took Spanish riders on horseback 12 days to do the same thing. Running was and still is considered a sacred task by native people. Adherents observe strict disciplines in exchange of what they believe and the holy gifts of speed and invisibility. All I'm trying to say this chapter is that we need to be closer to the line of what is possible and what isn't. Because running, it's so beautiful. It's right on that line. <laughs> Are you going to stop at mile four? Because if you choose not to stop right there, you might have ten more miles in you and you didn't even know it. Bro, what is a world record? It's just something some guy did. It doesn't mean anything. You could do more. <laughs> like, your brain is a valve to reduce things into manageable bites. So once you take that governor off, you can fucking jump across buildings. And obviously you can't. But they've done studies where you put, like, two groups of people in rooms with a magician. The first group are very perceptible, and then the second group are very influenceable. So when there's more people who believe in a room, magic works better. She spent some more time doing Mandela effects, Jif versus Jiffy. The Monopoly Man, does he have a monocle? How about this one? At the end of We Are the Champions, does Freddie Mercury say, Of the world! Jiffy, all of these things are up for debate. 
the fact that every single person who died on the Challenger mission had a fucking twin. And none of their twins went to their funeral. (laughs) That last one might just be a conspiracy. (laughs) But I'm just telling you, reality is pretty shifty if you pay attention. Quote, The act of awareness is a key we can use to investigate the shift. Since we want to explore future memory and what it reveals about greater realities and deeper truths, let's take a moment to focus on the traditional models of awareness people use to obtain futuristic information. Then, let's look at incidents in the lives of several people that illustrate these awareness models. Chapter 3, Future Memory Phenomena. <laughs> Phenomena. A couple more terms here prophesizing she calls the vaguest of all predictions it's saying that things will be a certain way people are going to be slaves in the future no duh you're not a prophet forecasting is the next one this is a little bit harder because you're trying to get details right then the highest one she mentioned was precognition and that's like nostradamus saying that there's going to be a world war over a guy named hister how did he know that And then there's, and I'm saying, like, his hit ratio was garbage. Nostradamus was one in a thousand. Still, if you wrote down a thousand things, I doubt you're going to predict fucking World War III. And then there's, like, clairvoyance and clairaudience where you're actually receiving visual sights or audio messages. I don't know, man. I'm not claiming to be any of this bullshit. That last chapter was okay. We had some entrepreneur stories. This chapter is just like crazy people with stories. (laughs) Kathleen J. Forty of Virginia Beach, Virginia, went to the dentist to have some surgical work done. She had been under the influence of laughing gas before without difficulty, but she was unprepared for the unusual experience she was about to have. As the dentist worked on my nerve-exposed tooth, I felt and saw in my mind's eye an intense energy patter swirling around my head in the synchronicity of the action of the drill. I suddenly knew what the dentist's next words would be how many beats of a second he would pause in between those words, and what his precise actions would soon be. He then did exactly as i previously seen him do. Now I said to myself, his assistants will say and do such and so next. And she did. A deep knowing came over me, a knowing that this particular reality is in essence actors acting out. This bitch is on laughing gas, okay? We are all destined to repeat the same sequences in our lives over and over. What is this, fucking Dante's Inferno? Nietzsche's eternal reoccurring. Shut up, bitch, you're on drugs. (laughs) Again, you can't take it all as truth. But how the fuck did she predict what the nurse was going to say? I really like that Mel Gibson movie. The one where he hates Jews. (laughs) I watched it for the first time. It's called, um, What a Woman Wants. (laughs) And he gets shocked by a hairdresser one day when he's cross-dressing. He's like a multi-billionaire. His name is Nick. And so he's a cross-dresser. It's pretty accurate. (laughs) He fucking goes to a psychologist and he starts reading her mind. And she's like, Freud would have pissed his pants. You have to use this power for good. And so he just reads chicks' minds and has sex with them. The people who volunteered for my study of this phenomena came from across the United States and Canada and represented a broad spectrum of ages, race, philosophy, and employment levels. 
A former military officer who now lives in Illinois regularly remembers the future and finds that because of this, his life is infinitely more interesting and more relaxed. He hopes the phenomena never ends. The incidents he pre-experiences usually involve conversations with people who are meeting and he attends. All right. A woman in Washington state pre-lives visits to bus and plane terminals. This enables her to know in advance which travelers to look for. <laughs> Wouldn't you use the power for good? Like I'm saying here, the way it's all portrayed in Hollywood, you can't really control it. But maybe when you read books like The Seventh Sense and fucking Lynn Buchanan's military group, Project Stargate, they know how to hone it. But like us out here, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So you're just getting a glimpse of the future and then you're confused. This Washington state chick, she went to the bus stop. But I only intervene in situations where I remember having already done so. This way there are no slip-ups and I am always where I'm needed. Dude, that's you're begging for like a paranoid psychotic break when you start doing that shit. Well, I passed the stoplight exactly when the beat changed. <laughs> if I left my house two minutes later, that bird wouldn't have swooped in front of me. Like you can convince yourself that it all has meaning. But then you just slip into the deterministic thing. So you're like, I didn't choose any of this. I'm on the path. All I'm saying here is these are people on drugs. <laughs> Quote, a woman in Alabama finds future memory so accurate and so detailed that it even allows her to meet fellow shoppers before she even gets to a given store. She is also able to pre-experience the act of standing at the cash register, looking up and seeing all the other cash registers. And what is rung up at each time? So they did a test where, what's the next person going to buy? And this chick knew it. What the fuck? There's people with psychokinetic powers amongst us, and they're bagging groceries. <laughs> I'm telling you, Project Stargate is some of the coolest shit ever. That episode is on the Patreon. Another woman told this story. I was doing the morning dishes when this rush of energy nearly lifted my head off. I suddenly experienced myself at a dinner party that night, saw who would be there, and took part in what happened and what was said. The whole thing was so real, I decided to make no plans for the evening just to see what might happen. It's like the next girl was afraid to break the timeline, this chick's gonna do it. Sure enough, a friend called and began apologizing all over herself for being so tardy. Then she asked if I would come to her dinner party that night. I had to muffle laughter as I accepted her invitation. When I arrived at the party, it was a duplicate of what I had already experienced the morning. Every conversation, every wave of a hand, repeated gesture I previously had lived through. I don't know, man. Like, if she didn't go to the second party, maybe a plane would have crashed. Some Final Destination shit. A man in Indiana joked, I don't know about this. I'll be talking with somebody and suddenly I'll remember having the conversation before, word for word, with the same person. I know what's going to be said before the other person says it. I feel lighter and somewhat giddy when that happens. Sometimes I'll just be walking down the street when it hits me. I've already done this all the time. The cars, the people, the storefronts. It's weird, and I'm still not used to it. Atwater says, I discovered from these interviews that the future memory phenomena itself generally lasts but a few seconds, or maybe a minute or two of clock time, while pre-existing several hours, the later manifest. So there's a bunch of time distortion. The phenomena can be rather lengthy, though can encompass several days. It's like super deja vu. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
maybe your brain can receive information from the future. Maybe time isn't just back to forwards. The Elon Musk fanboys are going to say here, no, it's a glitch in the simulation. Here's the process that she boiled down. Step one, physical onset. You feel something rising. Like if it was a glitch in the system, why would you have all these indicators that you know that it's going to happen? I'm saying simulation theorists, I don't think these dudes have really broken through and experienced this buzz she's talking about. Fucking sit up straight and your chakras will align. Step two, space-time freeze. So it literally just feels like time stops. Yeah, at water. She breaks the fourth wall. She's going, I didn't believe any of this was real until it happened to me. Here's her story. Perhaps it was the excitement and having returned from the first real vacation and having just sold my home. Who knows? But while seated at my desk, pencil in hand, something quite strange happened. Everything around me froze in place and my body included. Gushes of heat rushed through my paralyzed frame from head to toe, overwhelming me with ecstatic thrill. As this rush continued, my desk began to fade from view while a field of brilliant sparkles descended from the ceiling. I've seen this before, bro. The sparkles are the most beautiful things. They're playing musical instruments you've never heard, and there's voices that you love calling to you. This bitch is walking into the sparkle. Instantly, I was back in what I had come to call the void, an unusual place revealed to me during the second of my three near-death episodes. I know of no other ways to describe the void except to say it is a dimension of its own, a place where both objective and subjective time and space devolve into the presence of all light, all darkness, all chaos, all order, all non-reality, yet is absolutely empty, void, except with the transitions of expectancy and shimmer, somehow within. Within the void, a swirling mass took shape, a veritable whirlpool of wave upon wave of pure energy. I was sucked into its core like a helpless leaf. The core widened. When it did, I found myself living the life that I would have until the following spring. Briefly, this is what I pre-lived. <sighs> I tripped with a guy in L.A. <laughs> who was on gel tabs. He liked to do a lot of coke on the weekend. He's like, we're going out, and we're either going to fuck or fight tonight. And when he did this gel tab, he came back and he said he saw a path where he died on coke and one <laughs> where he went and taught tennis lessons. And so, of course, that's what he chose to do. But, bro, when you break through so hard, you can, like, break the space-time continuum. I don't know. Maybe the story helps more. For three weeks, I attended a party at night, saying goodbye to everyone I know. Only what I stuffed into a small Ford Pinto went with me, as everything else I owned was either sold. So then she moved and then wrote her book in Washington, D.C. Chapter 4, Remembering. This chapter has methods for us to learn how to listen. I'm finding this funny right now, because the people who don't listen have already turned up. Turn up. Tune in. And I thank the listener for being here. Long quote, a senior electronic design specialist from an aerospace company in Seattle, Washington, Van Avery, came to my attention in June of 1989 when a presented paper covering research of the after effects of near-death experience at the International Conference on Paranormal Research held in Fort Collins, Colorado. Also presented in this paper entitled Remote Viewing Using Future Memory Techniques. I hurried to the room, arriving as he boldly exclaimed, We can live the future in advance by deciding to, then practice and practice, hone the skill, until it becomes natural to us. 
but I thought we should spend time in the present. I couldn't believe my ears. Naturally, we had dinner together after his talk, and we visited James Van Avery, reminisced of a time where at the age of 10, he had chanced upon a roulette concession at his father's company picnic. Instantly, he had known exactly what number to bet and saw himself winning. Later, he placed the bet and won as if he knew he would. Ever since then, I have been trying to duplicate that event, he explained. Not just the winning, but the knowing in advance. Fuck. So, definitely this guy is a gambling addict. He's chasing some other sort of a dragon. Like, maybe the messages come when they're supposed to, and you're not supposed to just do mushrooms all the time to try to get more messages. Quote, After a decade of experimentation, he finally developed a method of how to remember the future, and in doing so, he fulfilled his goal. Even though the reality of future memory violates present understanding of time and space, he was enthusiastic in his conviction that anyone could learn the technique and develop the ability to perceive the future as well as selected objects in the advance of manifestation. His list of success was pages long. Practice makes perfect, he inserted. You can remember more when you keep remembering more. Persistence is the secret. Make a game of it. How did you do it? He said he made a game where he would predict what's in a box. And then he would imagine himself opening up the box with what was already in it. So, you know, you get your girlfriend and put some shit from the kitchen into a box and you play that game and eventually you keep getting better at it. That's exactly what they did in Project Stargate. You can see what happens before it happens. Practice. Write everything down. Although sporadic at first, accuracy percentages will increase in ratio to how often you practice. So literally, it's a muscle. We have a better book like on spirituality coming up this summer that'll make me hear more coherent. Be more coherent. Fuck! Be more coherent. <laughs> like, it's just a muscle, guys. And I'm saying, what the fuck does this muscle matter for Unless you're living in the woods and you need to know if a bear is about to attack you. It's like I'm saying these genes have gone dormant because it doesn't matter when you live in a box. I'm saying everybody in my family has glasses. I go on top of mountaintops and I look for miles. I swear to God that shit helps your eyeballs. Like if you don't use these mental muscles, it all just atrophies. Use it or fucking lose it. Increase in practice. It's all real, but who the fuck cares? <laughs> Unless you can predict where the next Russian bomb is going to be. I don't know. I'm kind of turning on myself now because maybe you could use it to gamble. Random soundboard is on point. So yeah, if you want to practice this in your own life, then just next time you get an Amazon package, you already know what's coming. Just practice the feeling of knowing what's going to be in the box and then open it. So like I'm saying, just know you're going to win the next hand of blackjack before it's dealt. The card might already be in his hand, but you can change the card. As we parted, Van Avery noted, the only completely convincing paranormal event is a personal experience. No amount of documented reading material or controlled demonstrations will change a personal belief system. Goddamn, my technique is designed to allow you to find awareness, the only possible way of your own. Yo! I'm stealing that. Bro, that's what this show is. I'm just trying to help a motherfucker be more aware every Tuesday morning. No matter how many stories or documented things, proofs that you see, belief is belief. And the only way to change belief is helping people become more aware. That's a very interesting technique. 
Just step one, convince yourself what you're imagining is real. Step two, try to mirror that into the imaginal, like she started with. Quote, A very good analogy to explain how future memory works can be best illustrated using the following hypnosis illusion. Using the regression of a client, a hypnotist is often trying to get to a scene that has been blocked from a memory, such as a rape or a child abuse. The scene had caused a lot of problems in the child's subconscious and cannot be erased or repaired without conscious recall. If the hypnotist works from present time back to the problem scene, he runs into a brick wall. The client simply will not allow this part of the memory to be accessed. One surefire way around this is to regress the client back to a period of time before it can be accessed. Coming forward to the time of the point allows the client to approach the scene somehow without the subconscious block. Yo! You take them back to a childhood state and then let them work. You get it. This illusion can also be used ahead of time, hence the future memory. When advancing to a future event, visualizing yourself further ahead than the target time. Now use your memory to remember back to the time you wish to observe. Picture a room that is familiar to you, that you can enter in the near future. Strongly imagine yourself standing in that room. Pretend you're already there. Now, using your memory, start remembering how the furniture is placed. Look for details of the room. Draw all this information in a sketch pad. When you're finished, physically go to the room and check your results. Give yourself a score. Keep all the records. No one's going to do it. This is how the military does it. Another one. Bro, when I fucking go on mushroom, you can just... I don't know if it's astral projecting, but you could just be in another room. And like he's saying, it's easier to start in your own house. It's pretty fucking creepy. And I don't know if you should be playing around with it. Yeah, Ingo Swan. If you're really into this stuff, that's another good resource. You're already seeing it on TikTok. They were doing things where parents would hold up a card with a color on the back of it. The kid can't see it, but they can guess it. So, like, especially if you start your kids on it. They're going to have the most metaphysical gains out of anybody. Gains. That's all it is. He said three to five is when these skills seem to peak in kids. So start working on their animal magnetism. (laughs) Chapter five, the flow. This entire chapter is basically about the force from Star Wars, but she's calling it the flow. She's like, there's an energy that you could tap into. You could use it for evil or good. Whatever. When I flow, I go to the mo and I try to hit on a hoe. I like that kind of flow. <laughs> One of the concepts that she brought up here, really good, it's called the maze of memory. So we already know the external world is a labyrinth, but when you start looking into your past, it's a maze. Your ego fucks up shit from the past. Yeah, I didn't get drunk and piss myself that night. <laughs> It's like you could see it on a short term with drinking. Beneath the visible world of mute matter and seemingly separateness, there is a deeper web of reality. The deeper place cradles not only the phenomena of future memory, but the common denominator that enables consciousness and creation to coexist and co-create. The common denominator is the colloidal condition. I have found that meditation, sudden shock, trauma, paranormal episodes, near-death experiences, religious conversions, spiritual transformations, all have the same potential to trigger a colloidal state. We recognize that such a state not only interrupts and then alters consciousness at the perception of consciousness, but also frees unnecessary tension to human potential, leaving it space to expand. Fuck. I didn't say it that nice, but one time I tripped really hard and I told you guys about the 50-50 philosophy. It's all real. When you do something 
hard as fuck, it opens up this window of change. The colloidal of Colossum. Whatever the fuck she's calling it. You have a 50-50 where you open up your higher chakras. You have this moment where you can change everything. I don't understand how to explain this headspace. But you do it through, like she's saying, shock, traumatization, meditation. It's not going to happen in a five-minute NSDR. you got to do that meditation where you don't know where your body ends anymore. (laughs) Whoa. This expansion enables more information to exist, which increases intelligence. In other words, whenever the potentiality of consciousness expands, we retain the imprint of that expansion, and the imprint we retain, we gain. Whatever, bro. It sounds retarded, but it's true. Like, even reading from day to day, I feel like it does nothing. But then every few weeks or so, you get a giant click, and the information you just had fits into where it is with your entire fucking memory. I don't know how to explain it. This shit is beyond words. There ain't no feeling like a little consciousness expansion. Couple more future memories. During the worst days of the Revolutionary War, when despair and defeat loomed heavy, George Washington went into his quarters at Valley Forge and did not emerge for four hours. When he did, he seemed aglow and filled with the courage he needed to turn the tide of battle. His aide, Anthony Sherman, recorded Washington's exact words when he stepped from his tent to tell a visitation by angelic hosts who had shown up about the progress and the destiny of the United States. Okay. Less than two weeks before Abraham Lincoln's death, he had a disturbing dream. In it, he heard sobs and great weeping. He wandered through the various scenes in his dreams, and he found himself in the east room of the Capitol, where he saw a cataphlac on which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Soldiers, acting as guards, stood at his attention amidst the grieving throngs. He demanded one of the soldiers, Who is dead? The president, killed by an assassin, was the reply. Let's take this deeper, like... Lincoln saw himself being assassinated. He also taught himself how to read. He's one of these autodidact freaks. The point I'm trying to make here is that PMH Atwater, she has three near-death experiences. I'm thinking this part of your mind might not even be open unless you've, like, been to the edge before. The Edge with Alec Baldwin. Good movie. In January 1967, United Press reported that a few weeks before the fiery disaster of Apollo 1, which killed astronauts Gus Grissom, Roger Cathy, Edward White, and a couple more Freemasons, we hope that if anything happens to us, it will not delay the program. So even the astronauts were getting fucking... In his 1982 book, The Cosmic Code, noted physicist and mountain climber Heinz R. Pagels wrote, I dreamed I was clutching at the face of a rock, but it would not hold. Gravel gave way. I grasped for a shrub, but it pulled loose, and in cold terror, I fell into the abyss. He went on. What I embody, the principle of life, cannot be destroyed. It is written to the cosmic code, the order of the universe. As I continued to fall into the dark void, embraced by the vault of the heavens, I sang to the beauty of the stars and made my peace with the darkness. Six years later, he died, as stated in his book. What the fuck? What I said at the beginning of the show, it's true. What the fuck? Authors are more powerful than scientists. These motherfuckers are writing the future. And this guy wrote bad futures and killed himself. Quote, To sum up what has just been said, the release of heat creates the arrow of time from past to future. 
ooh, what Sean Carroll would call entropy. The containment, acceleration, and transmutation of heat creates simultaneity. The enfoldment of time and possibility reverses all entropy. To put this in perspective, let's take a look at time and space again. Science tells us that time and space are properties of energy. Time is thought to be created by the oscillation of energy as it vibrates. Stephen Hawking wrote, Space, by the length of measurement between opposing poles of attraction set up by that oscillation, time at its core and essence has nothing to do with clocks and wristwatches and calendars, neither does space related to distance spread across the universe. Time is reversible and circumstantial, but also detrimental. What are you fucking saying, Stephen? Did you write this on a peyote trip? Try to make some sense. All she's trying to say here is fucking pleading to the science crowd that it's possible that you could reverse time. The logic of subatomic physics reveals countless words thriving alongside her own, invisible beyond ordinary reach. This is so trippy to think about, but time travelers might already exist. <laughs> and what if that's what they're doing, protecting the timeline, and that's what Mandela effects are? Uh, that's a conversation for another day, but a much more fun thought than her fucking Stephen Hawking rambling. Bro, I was on to something before. The science police, <laughs> they shut down your TikTok page. They'll throw you in an institution if you show somebody how to make a Tesla coil. You break one of the laws of physics, we'll break your fucking legs. The science police. <laughs> she had a cool story about Mozart here. He got scarlet fever and went into limbo as a kid. When he snapped out of it, he was a god at piano. Quote, self-healing always leads to self-governance and opportunities for higher brain development. As people heal, as countries heal, political realities change accordingly. Contrary to popular opinion, morality improves with the expansion of cultural diversity and efficiency and creativity advance with decentralization. It has been said that a potentiality that never becomes an actuality is of no importance. Hence, a shift in consciousness is not enough. She's putting it all together. It's not enough to think right. You got to do right. Value and meaning are determined by after effects, how we demonstrate what we think and what we know to extend to which we share and what we have learned by others. Any form of growth is physical, not just in life, but from one vibratory phase to another and in through dimensions without number. Yet only consciousness progresses and the only true goal is to express and eventually rejoin the thought which stirred our source. There's a lot of bullshit in here, but seriously, the only thing that progresses is consciousness. We can be taught all manner and types of knowledge, but truth, the real truth of life, cannot be taught. It is known or remembered through the higher mind. Future Memories by PMH Atwater. This bitch got me PMSing. It's a fun one. Let me know what you guys think if you want to go more down the technical route. Or if you like thinking big picky like this. Harry shit on Instagram for some free memes. Patreon.com slash the niche. Gonna do a random edition next week. Let's get a random soundboard effect to end it. Thank you, the Nickers, for being here. Nick Muniz signing off. Peace.